So, of course, as you know, first of all, if you go to InsaneRadioDeals.com and sign up for the Star City Half Marathon or 10K in mid-November, you get a free $50 gift card to Fleet Feet Roanoke. But here's the other thing. This weekend, that Star City Half Marathon is the third race of what's known as the Triple Crown in Roanoke. The second of those races is the Salem Half Marathon or 8K. Now, I'll run the 8K on Saturday. I have made it my mission to make sure that when I get done with the race, that's when I will take a knee and cross myself and uh, thank the good Lord for hopefully getting me to the finish line in one piece. However, if you're in a football game, it hopefully is well noted by now that you would rather take a knee at the end of the game to ensure victory as opposed to risking it on whether victory or not is in fact won. And yes, that is the segue that we have to use for our next guest as well. Max Starks, former offensive lineman, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Florida Gator alum, and analyst for Westwood One. You will hear him on the call as the Miami Hurricanes try to bounce back from that epic defeat against Georgia Tech there at North Carolina. It's game three of our triple header this Saturday after Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and before that, uh, Ohio State, Purdue. So we've got a load of action for you this coming weekend. And the man who will be capping it off for us in the evening on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network, Max Starks. Back with us once again in the fast lane. Max, a pleasure to be speaking with you. Has every college football coach, every professional coach, heck, every football coach of any level now, learned the lesson that at the end of the game, you don't need to be running plays, you need to be taking a knee if that's what the math dictates that you could do to win a game? I mean, you know, when I look at this, it was a great segue. I don't think I've ever been a part of a team that when the opposite team is out of timeout, has no prayer left, they can't stop the clock, has never not taken the knee. And I will be very interested to understand further and deeper why you did not take a knee. But most importantly, I will always take that knee and I will always call for the what I call the greatest play in all of professional sports. It's called six tight diamond is the formation, and it's the victory play. That is the greatest play in, in all of sports because there's nothing a team can do to really stop it once it gets engaged. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was one that, that it's going to be interesting to see how the team responds because I think that has a, a certain level of aftershock for the players that had to deal with the fact that their coach did not call a knee. I mean, even Pop Warner coaches know to call, call the knee at 30 seconds left because it takes 40 seconds on the play clock um, before you before the clock stops again, and you only have 30 seconds left. So it was, it was wild. It was crazy, but it's going to be a fun one Saturday night. The fallout from that is something we'll discuss for a number of different angles with Max Starks, who's going to be on the call for Miami at North Carolina this Saturday on Game 3 of our CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3 triple header. But the the other element to this with victory formation in the NFL or uh, the six diamond tight, as you called it, from your time playing in football is this. If you're running the ball, isn't it the instinct of the defender to play hard? Whereas, I mean, I've seen this before in victory formation at all levels, high school, college, the pro, even Pop Warner, where when you take a knee, generally speaking, you basically get the cursory shoulder pad tap at a very light rate, and there's really no chance you're going to screw that up. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you'll get a little bit of, of aggression initially, depending on how ornery that defensive lineman was. 
with the offensive lineman when you're going into the knee. But if you say we are going to fire out at you on a run play, that means I have the right to fire back out at you. And also, I am going to try and harm you, meaning I'm trying to dislodge the football from you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a play to finish things off. And I don't know why these guys would not do that. Um, and then not expect to have ball security be the number one thing. There's a two-pronged fallout to what happened at the end of the Miami-Georgia Tech game, one of which is the bigger picture element that, of course, a lot of our listeners care about because Miami will battle Virginia in a couple of weeks, and the Wahoos obviously in need of victories as they're 1-5 and five entering their bye week. The short-term implication is just how do the Miami Hurricanes respond when kickoff arrives at 7.30 this coming Saturday in Chapel Hill on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app as you're on the call, Max, for Westwood One? Well, I, I think one of the biggest things is Tyler Van Dyke's going to have to have a bounce back. Not his greatest performance by, by any stretch. One touchdown, three interceptions on the game last week against Georgia Tech. So he was not at his highest level. Um, the defense is going to have to apply pressure. And with that pressure, they're going to have to affect Drake May because Drake May is a guy that when given time in the pocket or on the move can, can dice them apart. So how you apply pressure to Drake May and how you stop that running game for North Carolina is going to be key as a defense in that response. And then Tyler Van Dyke, you've got to play better. You've got to allow the rest of your teammates to play around you and get a game going. Um, you know, but receivers also have to catch. I mean, I'm, I, I shouldn't necessarily put this all on him. When you're looking at different guys that are available for this game, I would expect like a Jacoby George to kind of show up on the season. Um, he didn't really have a good game uh, last week. Uh, I want to see Donald Cheney out of the backfield, catching some of those swing passes, and really being the, vo- the versatile team that we saw against Texas A&M that we saw earlier this year and be able to affect what North Carolina brings is a solid, balanced uh, attack, both offensively and defensively. All right, you referenced the North Carolina Tar Heels. And again, there's some bigger picture takeaways in the ACC because that's Virginia's team coming out of the bye. The Virginia Cavaliers will go to Chapel Hill next Saturday evening. But this Saturday evening, game three of our triple header is Westwood One's presentation of Miami at North Carolina. And the analyst for that game, Max Starks, is with us here in the fast lane. Max how much are people sleeping on North Carolina right now, given the reputation that they, in previous years, have been all offense with not much defense, whereas it, it, the metrics bear it out, but the eye test seems to as well. This defense looks like they're a lot better than they've been in prior years. This defense is playing lights out, I think, from a year ago. You know, I actually had that UVA Tennessee, uh, that UVA UNC game last year up, up there. Um, and and I was actually surprised. That was my first time seeing Drake Maine. That was my first time seeing this UNC team. And I was thoroughly impressed with, you know, what Drake May offered as a freshman signal caller, as a freshman coming into this and the guys that they had. But I will say this. This team has totally kind of put themselves in a position where they're a different group. Up front, the defensive line, Hester, Murphy, and um, and Evans, have done a really good job of solidifying the middle, eliminating teams from having big rushing plays up the middle. And then you look on the outsides. I mean, Cedric Gray and uh, Kamon Rucker are just playing absolutely lights out as far as being solid defenders, also getting after the quarterbacks. 
Um, so this team has grown defensively. And then, of course, you still have your usual suspects on on the offensive side. And I think the biggest, of course, the biggest uh, addition is going to be Tez Walker um, and all the all the attention that came up until this point where he got into the game last week. And he's been he's he's been a phenomenal guy. I think that's helped give this team an additional boost. But don't sleep on this UNC squad. They are solid offensively. Drake May does not have to do as much. People are like, oh, his numbers are down this year. But it's like he has a run game. If I can hand off the ball as opposed to throwing it in the air, there's less liability uh, on the ground than there is in the air, unless you're Miami, of course. There we go. Got my jab in. But <laughs> But the liability comes through passing the ball. And Drake May doesn't have to do that. And I think on the year when you look at Drake May, he's been 50-50 because he hasn't been asked to really call. But when he does have to call call it up, he can dial it up like he did last week, 442 yards through the air, three touchdowns, just to let everybody know that he still has it, but he doesn't necessarily have to utilize it every single week. Max Starks 7-8, number of course. Max Starks 78, Twitter and Instagram to get the analysis on demand of our current guest, Max Starks, who's on the call for Westwood One's presentation. Part of our triple header, by the way, this Saturday, it's North Carolina hosting Miami. That's a 7-30 kickoff from Chapel Hill. It's game three of our triple header. Max you mentioned how, how Drake May hasn't necessarily been flashy, except when the opportunity has presented itself. Which one of these scenarios is most likely to happen? Drake May wins the Heisman. North Carolina makes the ACC football championship. Carolina gets into the college football playoff or even wins a game or two in the college football playoff. Uh, well, see, I believe one of those has to happen first, but if you have that <laughs> one, it, it begets the other, right? Yes. Because I think North Carolina does have a shot at winning the ACC championship. Now, Florida State's going to have something to say about that um, as far as being one of those tough foes and how, however this shakes out with Miami. But if you can get over the Miami hump, you have the momentum getting ready for Florida State, and even if you don't see the, even if you don't get them that time, I think you could come back around and it could be a rematch type of deal in the ACC championship game, then I think, yes, I think UNC has the, has the makings of winning an ACC championship. And, and, it, and if they do win said championship, they will be in the college football playoff. It could be a wild snowball effect for North Carolina as Max Starks is with us here in the fast lane. You'll hear him. Game three of our Saturday triple header, Miami at North Carolina from Westwood One. That's a 7.30 kickoff on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3, part of the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Max, pivoting from college over to the NFL, um, <laughs> I did it. I watched the Ravens-Steelers game. Beauty as it is for someone who likes old school football. How in the world has Mike Tomlin gotten the Steelers to 3-2 and two right now when their offense is not found anything close to a groove? And even at times, the defense and special teams have had moments of uh, questionable. Yeah, uh, magic. Um, <laughs> I think that's the best way of putting it. No, no, I'm not playing. I'm playing. Uh, no, I, I, th- I think when you think about quality coaches, when you think about really good coaches who know how to lead men, and inspire a team and get guys to come together in unlikely circumstances, that's when you have somebody special. And Coach Tomlin has done that, and he's proven it year after year. No matter if you, what the talent level is that's on the squad currently, he always finds a way to raise their level of play versus what is expected. 
And I think that's kind of what we've seen um, this season. Really, in our two AFC North matchups has been the big tail. Cleveland definitely has a, has a better overall team, we thought at the time, than what the Steelers offered. And then, of course, all, also, you look at the Ravens squad coming in off of a great victory and, and really dominating the, the, the competition. And then they come in and they stub their toe against the Steelers. So it's just one of those things where we just know how to play at the right time and get up to the right moment. And defense is dynamic. As long as you have a guy by the name of T.J. Watt, you will always have a shot at being successful. And then, of course, the the Robin to his Batman is uh, Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith has been playing at a high level. We're down Cam Hayward right now, but Cam is a, is a guy who's been on the sidelines, been in everybody's ear since, you know, since his injury. And I really appreciate kind of where they're at um, as a squad. So I, I really like the guts and the glory that they have approached to this. But it, it is. It's going to be a challenge. We should get Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryer move, and, uh, and I'm trying to think, and James Daniels back after the bye going to L.A., um, but hopefully this offense can kind of get things into gear. I think Kenny Pickett got a lot of confidence throwing that 41-yarder to George Pickens to really seal the game against the Ravens last week. Hopefully he carries that into the rest of the season. Taking a bigger picture, a look at the NFL now as Max Starks has given us an overview of how the Steelers are somehow 3-2 and two despite still growing and a lot of room to grow on the offensive side of the ball. Is it the San Francisco 49ers and everyone else, or do teams like Philly and Detroit in the NFC, note how I omitted Dallas after the beatdown, uh, and then, of course, Kansas City, Buffalo, and maybe Cincinnati, as much as it might pain you to say that, and Cleveland in the AFC, are, are there more teams lurking than just San Francisco and everyone else? I think I think there are some teams that are still lurking. I mean, one of those teams I'm throwing there, Miami. I believe you can't look at a one-game snapshot of Miami and that was a game against the Buffalo Bills, and think, oh, my gosh, these guys don't know what they're doing. But I, I, I will say that Miami is a team that has figured it out and that actually has a lot of great pieces. And so I put Miami in that conversation. I think you still have to give some credence to Seattle, who can still kind of upset the apple cart for, uh, for, for some NFC West teams. Um, and especially when you're thinking about San Francisco and what San Francisco brings to the table, you know, they still had their struggles against Seattle over the years. So I wouldn't count them out of it as well. And then Tampa Bay, that's that dark horse about who's going to take it in the NFC South. A lot can be said for momentum. And Tampa Bay is the team that I look at in the NFC South that could very well come out of that division and still have some problems. So there's a lot of like sneaky good teams out there, Tennessee. Uh, with their run game, you run up against them on the wrong day. Derek Henry will run all over you. So there's a lot of teams. I think the parity this year is a lot greater. But I think because we see such a big jump out the gates for San Francisco, who looks to be very well coordinated, more so than everybody else, doing it in all phases, it kind of scares you away. But attrition and can you hold that same standard throughout the whole season will start to wear at some teams because we have not seen a perfect team since 1972, and they're going to stumble at some point, and the question is, to who? 
Good question, and a good way to end things as well with Max Starks, who's been gracious enough to join us in the fast lane. Keep up with him regularly at MaxStarks78 on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, this coming Saturday, Game 3 of our college football triple header after Wake Forest, Virginia Tech at 7.30, the kickoff coming from Chapel Hill for Miami and North Carolina, and Max will be on the call for Westwood One. Max, thank you, as always, for your time in the fast lane. We love catching up, and we wish you safety and travels. Oh, my pleasure. Definitely. Thanks for having me, and we'll catch up down the road. Indeed. Max Starks with us here in the fast lane. And, you know, he brought up the big question about the Miami Hurricanes and how they bounce back emotionally and focus-wise after that game last night, and it's not just last week. And it's not just that angle. It's also Tyler Van Dyke doing the same thing. How do we think it will unfold in the weekend action? Trey and I will divulge tomorrow in the fast lane. In the meantime, one more friendly reminder, Tech Talk Live, 7 o'clock. Thursday Night Football, Denver at Kansas City after that on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, part of the Virginia Talk Radio Network. And of course, keep up with us, Fast Lane, Ned Lane, and Trey Lyle VT, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all of your social platforms.